Have you got some phlegm ready there, have you? <laughs> you smell that, Simon? What, the, the smell of horse shit? It smells like the country air. We're out in the field, you can hear the birds tweeting, I hope, we're, listeners. We're, we're recording today's episode, Charles Dance with the Devil, in a, in a field. Mm-hmm. We also have a guest. Hello. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> guest. It's what, what, uh, Jerry's it? partner, Ben. <laughs> out in the field. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, this is, it's, that's it, it's the, it's the Ben and Jerry's uh, milk, uh, cow milk farm milk. He's cow. actually, it's, he's it's not actually milk. cows. No. No. He's the <laughs> key like milker. Cows anymore. He's the key milker of the Ben and Jerry. How do you put the mint chalk chip bit into, like, the ice cream then? I mean, so there's the cow just mm-hmm. does the milk. No, 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 you feed the cow a lot of chocolate, and you brush his teeth, and make him swallow the toothpaste bit, because you usually spit it out, and then the cow's milk instantly becomes... Uh, right, so that's mint chalk chip. That's exactly, uh, and you take the cow to the fridge. I'm to milk so it. glad we we're on a field trip today. We learned so Literally much. We're on a field trip. <laughs> field trip. Anyway, I'm Nadim. I'm Simon, and that's Ben. Hello. This episode is called Charles Dance with the Devil. Uh, these are movies in which Charles Dance. Yeah, he's the baddie. He's got red. He's got red hair. You know, so he's all, and he's British. So he's Does all. He? He's got red hair. He's got blonde hair. He's got red hair. His brown hair and what? Yeah. Ugh, right, okay, we're, we're what? all... Right, we're starting off good with we're into arg- the weeds. arguing. We're into the weeds. Uh, let, let's, let's roll the credits. There's roll credits a, already. It's been a one minute 48 already. Boom, boom, boom. Art cinema, fart cinema. Art cinema, fart cinema. Art cinema, fart cinema. Charles Dance with the Devil Part 1 contains spoilers for The Last Action Hero and True Lies. Last Action Hero, Last Action Hero is, our, is first on our hit list, but it wasn't a hit when it came out. Was Very it? nice. It was a flop. Last Fun. Action Hero, the 1993 Arnold Schwarzenegger classic. Fun fact, Steven Spielberg was asked to direct this film. But he instead directed Schindler's List. The more you know. The self-reflexive, uh, subversive John McTiernan film in which he takes the piss out of everyone's films apart from his own. John McTiernan being the director of Predator and also Die, Die Hard. Yeah. I haven't seen either of those. Oh no, I've seen, I've seen Predator. Die Hard's a good one. Yeah, everyone Bruce says. Bruce Willis with his cocky fucking smirk. Everyone says Die Hard is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good Christmas film. <laughs> it's so not everyone says. It's not a Christmas film. <gasps> that's the film. It's got yeah. snow in it. So. That's the debate. So, The Last Action Hero is... Do you want to explain the plot? Or do you want me to do it? I mean, it's, it's a, up to you. I don't, it's going to sound sh- no matter who does it. You know, <laughs> It's a crap film. Lax, la, the Lactic Acid Hero is... Lax... <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger plays himself playing... Jack Slater. <laughs> so, within a film. The Last Action Hero is a film within a film. It is about a little boy called Simon. And it's probably not. It's about a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just name everyone after me. We don't remember his name. He goes to a cinema after his dad dies and. He... <laughs> his dad literally dies in the kitchen. He goes, I'm off to the. I'm off to the. <laughs> I'm off to the, the pictures. Um, he goes to the cinema and 
he meets the a, a clearly an old friend who runs the cinema, but the a projectionist. All, a projectionist. It's, the cinema's all closing down, so the projectionist is basically you because you you yeah, were a projectionist. I was. I was. Yeah. So, G did fart who falls asleep at his work and talks about the old days and <laughs> how his dreams are you know unfulfilled. <laughs> total like what a total, what a total cliche. The projectionist <laughs> is like some old jaded fart. That you know, some cliches are cliches for a reason. Mm, so. Okay. Stere- stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. I think <laughs> that projectionists are lively, active people. And the fact that we're all f***ing assholes is, is besides the point. So, Simon, he meets this projectionist. He doesn't meet him. He's clearly an old friend of his. And his projectionist friend gives him a magic ticket which allows him to enter the world of the film that he's watching. And this kid is the biggest fan of a series of film called Jack Slater, uh, which is on its fourth incarnation. And uh, he gets sucked into the world of Jack Slater 4. And Jack Slater is played by... Arnold Schwarzenegger. So he ends up in the world of the film, which is a hyper mental action movie world, and the kid kinda just helps out Arnold Schwarzenegger who plays Jack Slayer. He knows he knows things because he's seen the scenes. He's seen the scenes that Arnie Schwarzenegger wasn't involved in, where like Charles Dance, who playing the bad guy with the glass eye, you know, he, he he's seen him up to no good exactly. and can tell Arnie that's the guy. Let's, we need to drive to like some mansion. It was on the other side of the street, but it looks just like that house. And he's like basically guiding him to to the bad guys because he he's seen them. He knows. And then the bad guy, Charles Dance. He what's his real name in the movie? Benedict. No. <sighs> see, I didn't take down all the sh- <laughs> the sh- names. I, see, and I'm, good, I'm good with film names, man. I'm good with film names. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the bad guy he ends up getting a hold of the magic ticket and he comes to our world the real world mm-hmm. and then they have to deal with the fact that in when you're not in the movie world uh, things like you things have dire physical consequences so, yeah, you so when just... Arnold Schwarzenegger punches someone he actually feels pain and you can't just fire a few bullets at a car and expect it to blow up exactly it just, it just punctures hole in, in the boot that's it all that happens it doesn't happen yeah. uh, so Simon not Simon of the, fil- of the film Simon here Arnold, in this room you hate this film yeah, well, I mean, like, I think that the thing to point out is that it's doing the subversive, uh, self-reflexive, ha-ha-ha, meta thing, which is a good idea. It's something that can always be done well. This is just a really bad example of it. And it's not the first or last, either. It doesn't have a claim to anything. Gremlins 2 was also meta, and that was, like, three years earlier. I've not seen that. And it's Joe Dante. The guy who plays the projectionist in this film was in... Gremlins 2 and I kind of feel like John McTiernan said I want to do my sort of Joe Dante film but about action films like what I do and instead of making it a good I, I think Gremlins 2 is really good instead of making a good film he made a shit one like that and it's just like there's great scenes in The Last Action Hero they come along really late and it's already the film's already been pissed up a wall it's like it's too late to actually be funny now because you've just bored me for an hour and 20 minutes yeah this film is two hours and 10 minutes long and you can feel it it feels long it spends too much time in the heightened world it should have gotten back to the real where there's two Arnold Schwarzeneggers and things like that you know there's the actor Arnold Schwarzenegger and then his fictional characters running around as well that should have been the main bulk of the that film. Should have been the film, yeah, because it's actually that that, that part's was funny. sort of clever, sort of funny. It's on it? its way to being funny, yeah. like Tom Noonan as well. Tom Noonan is um, is one of the bad guys in the fictional world, and when he, I mean, his fictional character is it the Ripper? Yeah, the Ripper gets. Is that the one who looks like a metal fan? 
Yeah, yeah, he's got like the big hood and a lumpy face and a, <laughs> a long ass hair. Fake teeth, he's got like his, yeah. And, uh, no offence, metal fans. That's okay, Ben's a metal fan, aren't you, Ben? I, I love a bit he's, of irony. Yeah. He's, a big, he's a big heavy metal boy. Is that a weight joke? Yeah. <laughs> it's not ben, nice. You just, yeah. Obviously you can't see Ben, so you just have to imagine him. Ben yeah. is ten foot tall. What colour eyes does he have, Simon? Uh, they're dark brown and he's got Mickey Mouse ears that he never takes off. He just wears those big... I thought you were going to say they're that. They're comfy. They yeah. make feel like a real person. But they're Mickey Mouse ears that look like regular ears, so they're like just stretched out human ears. One time I saw Ben punch a guy and because of his Mickey Mouse ears, it was like something out of a nightmare watching this giant mouse beat up a guy. <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm actually half mouse. So that's probably where I get it from. That's right. His, it's actually his dad is the mouse. Um, not the mum. <laughs> so, mice and men. So you can figure that one out. Uh, what were we talking about? Tom Noonan, right. So Tom Noonan, is a, he, was, um, he played the Tooth Fairy in Manhunter, which is the prequel to Silence <laughs> of the Lambs. What? I, I just want to tell you something about this actor. Wait, the Tooth Fairy? The Tooth See, Fairy. See, I've not, I've not seen these films. The so Manhunter was a Michael Mann film. He, does he play an actual Tooth Fairy? Or is it like a name He's for a killer? A serial killer. Right, okay. I thought you meant he legit played a Tooth Fairy in a movie called Manhunter. <laughs> Man Manhunter. You know what? the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> you know what? Now seeing it through your... Through your mental perspective there, and well, it is quite funny. That's what I thought, okay. <laughs> little, little tooth <laughs> I reckon anyone who is not familiar with what leave Manhunter your, is, is leave your the teeth, same thing leave, as me. Leave your teeth on the window in, in a glass, and little Tom Noonan will skip along the windowsill <laughs> and collect it. Yeah, and take it. Yeah, see, when old, when old people take their, take their... Not when old people, anyone can wear false teeth. Simon wears false teeth. I do, yeah. When old people take out their teeth overnight and put it in the little cup next to their bed, what if the tooth fairy f***ing... Takes that, and how much money would you get for it? How many how many teeth do you have in your head usually? <sighs> Christ, you should know at least ten. <laughs> Biology and yeah. ben, ben knows like fucking stupid random facts, and uh, I'm disappointed you don't know how many teeth are in the head. Is it? It's like twenty-seven, right? Why is there being an odd number? You twenty-seven? <laughs> yeah, it's twenty-seven if you're like Tom Cruise. He's got the fucking tooth in the middle of his oh, head. Oh, he got that middle tooth. Yeah, the middle what tooth. See, now that I told you that. You're never. You're not going to unsee that. Every time you look at Tom Cruise smiling, you're going to think. No, well, I mean that tooth is very central. Was it not like? <laughs> was it not like up to Days of Thunder sort of time? And then he got married. He got married to Nicole Kidman, and, and then his tooth just his moved to the middle. <laughs> you know, Nicole Kidman inspired Tom Cruise to to improve. If you look at every single picture of Nicole Kidman plus like a husband, boyfriend, every single one of them has a middle tooth. Nah, that's not true. Imagine that was true though. <laughs> <laughs> It's a Scientology thing. <laughs> right, Tom. You've got to get your teeth out. I was avoiding Scientology. Are you about to avoid that? Right, okay. Well, <laughs> we don't want that. Tom Noonan, mm-hmm. who's famous, <laughs> so famous as, as like a, a really sinister serial killer from the Michael Mann film Manhunter, the prequel to Silence of the Lambs. Uh, it was made as Red Dragon, mm. which is what the book was called later on with Anthony Hopkins. Right. But Tom Noonan it's like struck fear into people's souls with his portrayal of, of the Tooth Fairy. He's really, really quite creepy. Mm. In, the, in The Last Action Hero, so he plays the Ripper who gets dragged into the real world by Charles Dance, who's figured this whole thing out with the ticket. And oh, I can, you know, he takes the, he actually takes the canister of film 
the real with Jack Slater theory on it to prove to <laughs> like as if that proves to this Ripper dude that that's uh, look look see this is the film it's like you can't just you know you, that could have been any film yeah. <laughs> you can take any can write Jack Slater three on it and it's like oh this, you live in it's like if I said to Nadim look I've got this film here it proves that this is a fictional world it's got depressing fucking Scottish shit written on like, the label shit <laughs> that's my life. <laughs> In a way, it's it's a quite funny. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he he debates with this kid about you know like oh, oh, don't start that again, kid, about the film bullshit. Because the kid's telling him about how he's right. So I like fictional. I like I'm a little bit more forgiven about this film than you are, presumably because I didn't grow up with it or anything like that, or I didn't it didn't exist until about a week ago. <laughs> In your head, it just it's a fresh it's a fresh. Uh, this is a new film to me. A fresh hell. Yeah. <laughs> I like how the kid tries to convince Jack Slater in the film world that he's in a film. And one of the ways he does that is by pointing to an animated cat. So there's an animated, like, (laughs) Looney Tunes, Roger Rabbit style cat who just exists in the world, uh, voiced by Danny DeVito. And and the first time you see this cat who's wearing, like, a trench coat, and he's presumably, like, a detective or something, he's, like, smacking the ass of, like... A female uh, police uh, sergeant, and it's like he's just the sexist asshole cat. And I, I yeah. love that. And I, in my notes, I wrote in all caps: uh, "Sexual harassment cat." What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character t- tells the kid about premature ejaculation at some point, like when they're what? in the car. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like, "You got that to look forward to, like losing your hair and premature ejaculation." I was like. <laughs> <laughs> It's something like that. He's like, did you not catch that? See yeah, I no, I did get, I did get that. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit delirious when I was watching this. Yeah. This is Polish lesson number six. Prosiełd niedonoś na mnie za moje seksistowoskie teksty, which means, please don't tell anybody about my sexist language. All right, ladies and gents, how's it going? Are you guys having fun? Are you guys ready to see some girls? Should we bring out the girls? Are you guys ready for some girls? Should we bring out the girls? So I think what's interesting about this film, and you picked up on this while we were watching it, because we watched this film together, which is one of the first times we were in the field. It was lovely. Holding each other's cogs. What did I pick up on? You picked up on the fact that they portray the cinema as in, like, cinema with capital C, like, the cinema. They portray the cinema as being, like, a dying pastime, a dying medium, and, you know, (laughs) we're now, now, what, 20 years on from that? It's been dying a long time, yeah. It's clearly been dying a long time. Although, I said, I think cinema was dying in the 60s as well, so, you know, I think think film goes through. Just perpetual death. Has it ever lived? That's really Has it ever lived? Yeah. Well, apparently, it never goes away as well. It's simultaneously dying all the time, but offering people life all the time as well and the lo- a lot of the commentary the film world of this film is a, a total parody of action films and as you were saying uh, John McTiernan's uh, he rips into Lethal Weapon 2 yeah. the most like what was it there was um, there's a scene where uh, Jack Slater finds cards on a dead body and it says 5, 4, 3, <laughs> yeah. 2 and he has you know, there's a bomb and he has to run out you know and the house explodes 
and an African-American policeman says something like two days till, two my, days till my retirement and then he dies <laughs> and it, there's a little saxophone <laughs> which is like lethal weapon it's, it's Danny Glover's lethal weapon I'm too old for this sh- uh, sh- mm. thing that he does and actually Michael Kamen does the m- uh, music for this film and he did lethal weapon so, it's, so John McTiernan doesn't want to take the piss out of his own films but he wants to rope Michael Kamen in to take the piss out of his own work yeah I think it's, it's, it's kind of broader. It's broader parody, though. I think it's broad. It's, it's, I don't. I, I, I don't think. Weapon, right. You so. see, I th- like two thirds of this film. Eighty percent of it, maybe, is inside the film within a film, and I don't think they do a good job of uh, making that fun. Mm. I think it's really stupid. I think uh, there's fun in the craft of it. Like I, when we were watching it, I kept on mentioning that the uh, that the stunts and stuff. I was like, these are real. Like these are actual. They've done stunts. Like this. Yeah. It's not all computer animated. That's kind of fun. But I think it's just that's just as a result of it being made in the early nineties instead of mm-hmm. any virtue that the film earns. You know what I mean? But I mean, it's it's a bit, it's it's kind of inconsistent in a way because in the fiction within the film, Arnold Schwarzenegger's boss, chief police guy, is this shouty dude who is actually taking the piss out of a again John McTiernan and forcing people to take the piss out of their own work. He's he's kind of uh, mugging up a character that he played in 48 Hours. So the same actor? Same actor doing... Hey. He was the shouty boss of Nick Nolte in 48 Hours, and now he's doing the same thing to... Uh, Slay her! Get your ass in my office! But totally that. incoherent in this film. He's like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're totally... They're ramping up to 11 and saying, like, oh, he's doing... But he's doing exactly the same thing. When you go into the real world, quote-unquote, of this film, Mercedes Rule plays the boy's mother... And she's riffing on a character, even though she's meant to be a part of the real world. She's essentially reliving her role as the mother of Tom Hanks. I, in, I just, in I just don't think you understand the nuance of this film. No, I no. Just frankly, don't think you do. Me and Benjamin, are, <laughs> we're, we're cinephiles, and we understand that there's actually a lot of subtle nuances to this. Right, film. tell me one then. <laughs> I really like the bit at the very start where uh, the kid gets thrown a grenade. His son, Jack Slater's son, gets thrown a grenade. <laughs> you think it's going to blow up in this kid's hand. And then <laughs> the kid presses a button on the grenade and a knife pops out the bottom and he stabs the bad guy in the fucking throat. That was pretty cool. Oh, well, that's nuance, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's nuance for you, yeah. That is nuance. New nuance. Uh, this film was written by, or partly written by Shane Black, who's written The Nice Guys and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which are both really meta movies. He as well. uh, he was the highest paid screenwriter for a period of time. He got paid about when he wrote the script for a film called The Last Boy Scout, which was also a flop yeah. like this one. The Last Boy. Scout. The Last Boy Scout with Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. Right. The fee that he got paid as a scriptwriter was like a whoa. It was like a whoa. This is a first. You know, it was like he, a record. Yeah, That's a the record. Set a record. Thing. And then, so the next, so the next writer's got to get to try and get paid the same as, as Shane Black. Mm. Uh, I don't know how long it took to happen, but I do. I, uh, anyway, Shane Black, he told all the pussy jokes in the first Predator film. <laughs> oh yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's actually in. Mine's is as big as a house. He's you know, actually in Predator, and yeah. then he also directed the newest Predator film, which is so bad it's good. It's fucking amazingly bad. <laughs> well, see, I've got this problem, right? I now don't have uh, good taste in films. Yeah, me neither. Like, I went, After this I went, podcast, I, I I legit don't know what I like in I went to see that film and said, oh, it's quite good fun. <laughs> and then That's I, what I like with the new Jurassic Park, the new Jurassic World film. It was so bad, I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just I just don't know if it's what it's... Maybe it's partly to do with this podcast. 
I went to see, what is it, the new Pet Cemetery film as well. I was like, do I like this film because it's better than The Nun, or do I like it because it's actually good? Yeah, ben, it... Benjamin came out of that film and said it was a bit male gazy. <laughs> yeah, way the... too male gazy for my liking. Right, the male gaze. <laughs> no, no, not the male gaze, the male gaze. Right, it's in, there's gay men all over the place. Right? Yeah, no lesbians, right? Right, okay. Just the male gaze. I'll need to go back and reinterpret that film, obviously. Through that perspective. Mm-hmm. Just like perspective Swiss, of the male gaze. Swiss Army <laughs> Man. Swiss Army Man's about uh, being a transgender person. Mm-hmm. And The Last Action Hero. Or no, what's, what, 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 what are we talking about? Pet Cemetery of all films is Pet about Cemetery being 2019 gay. is about being gay. Mm. I haven't actually seen it. I've said that about eight times this episode. It's my thing, isn't it? It's my thing. It's my cute little quirk. <laughs> people mm. who are uh, people who are living through us by listening to this podcast are like, oh, he hasn't seen anything. <laughs> How can someone speak so much but know so little? Cinephile, the nuanced <laughs> cinephile. Oh man, I also there's some nice one-liners in this. There's also some fucking stonkingly bad ones. <laughs> like, what, really, wait a minute, <laughs> what are the good ones? Come on, then. right? So at the one. very start, Arnold Schwarzenegger goes. Do you want to become a farmer? And then he kicks the guy in the balls and he goes, here's two acres. <laughs> Actually, that is quite good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> but then there's also, conversely, there's he's uh, he's come, he's fallen out of a... No, he, he shoots a, a helicopter. He's in an elevator at the side of a building shooting at a helicopter. The helicopter crashes and then he goes, this is a no-fly zone. <laughs> oh, dear not, a, not a clever one-liner. Although I yeah. laughed at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, because this is this is the secret ingredient of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He is, he is. I t- I talked about it when we were watching it. He's got weaponized likability. He's so likable that you just don't care that he's bad. Like he's a terrible actor, but he's also the best actor in the whole world ever. It's part mm. of his charm. It's but his he's, charm. He's so bad that yeah. he like he comes across great in like goofy action. It's like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a, there's a scene early on before before the little boy has crossed over into the the, the fictional After world. Life. Uh, there's a scene where he, 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 he drags he drags himself to school, and does he? Yeah, he does. There's a scene. See, I blanked out the first forty minutes of this film. Yeah, well, no, I'll, I'll remind you, right? He goes okay. to school. The teacher puts on a film of Hamlet starring Laurence Olivier. You actually see the bit of the Laurence Olivier's Hamlet, and uh, of course, because this kid's a fucking idiot who's a, f- a fan of nothing but Jack Slater. The fucking action. He imagines Jack Slater in the role of Hamlet. Yes, he does. And he, he, you know, and you know, you've got Arnie going up to the camera in black and white, you know, noirish kind of lighting, <laughs> even though it's a Shakespeare film. Smoking a stogie. Smoking a cigarette, and he goes to be or not to be, and then takes a pause and goes not to be, and I was like, this kid is the most brain dead fucking idiot that this is like his imagination this kid's rolling. pretty fucking annoying yeah. not to be is that, it's actually so Ben is actually he, he's actually the kid in this film he's <laughs> <laughs> actually a celebrity guest yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it like filming this <laughs> well lots of touching <laughs> it was a touching experience yes touching experience <laughs> Uh, it was a touching experience. I uh, wouldn't recommend it. Kind of ruined the whole childhood thing. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Ch- met Arnie though, so you know, great guy. Was he good? Do you still speak to him? No. I have to wonder. I if... don't understand him half the time, so it's not <laughs> worth it. Yeah. You why would you? Why would you keep up a phone uh, call relationship with someone that says <laughs> over the phone at you? you know? At first, I thought it was just a connection. But... Did uh, you keep in touch with uh, <laughs> with his? 
fictional daughter played by Bridget Wilson. Yeah, who you kissed in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. So, so the kid in this film kisses a grown woman in the mouth at one point. In fact, no, he doesn't kiss her. She kisses him, and he's like a kid. She explains it with, oh, it's some game where you have to kiss someone when you open the door, and it's like, yeah, that's a pretty dangerous game. <laughs> Just open a door. You have to kiss whoever's there. Yeah, what if the guy's got the hiv? Yeah. Oh, the hiv. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to just but Bridget Wilson, okay. she was. Uh, I was telling. I was telling the boys here <laughs> before we rolled. These lads. These, the young, first, these young lads. The first time I laid eyes on this this lady, she was Pete Sampras's wife in the the box up in the. the what, do you, what do you call it? Weird like Wimbledon. family. Yeah, Wimbledon. But when like it's family and special person box that they sit special in. Special person. The box. Yeah. <laughs> the chokey. It's called the chokey. Bridget Wilson was sitting in the special person's box. <laughs> the chokey is called. When Pete Sampras was winning all those titles, I'm going to guess that she divorced him when he stopped winning. Well, I'm stranded in a field, dreaming of Tuesday wheels. Just listening to Pearl Jam's Yield. That was their fifth album. Hello, boys. This is the Lord Provost here, boys. I'm just calling to say that I'm really proud of you, boys. Your podcast has leapt to a new level of creative strength, boys. If you don't mind my saying so, boys. That last segment, Tuesday Wheels, the dream in the field and barrel jams yield, boys. You've painted pictures in an old man's mind, boys. We are carefully chosen words. And if you don't mind me saying so, I do believe that's the very definition of poetry, boys. Poetry. You've captured my imagination, boys, and it's brought tears to my eyes. Uh, so yeah, this is a this is like Twenty One Jump Street. Like, the, remember that movie, Twenty One Jump Street? Yes. What you mean the one that was like three years ago or something? It was like two thousand and twelve, man. It was the long. It was like nearly ten years ago. <gasps> it was six years ago. <laughs> Wait, no, no, your masses off. So I, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't do it on the spot. Sorry. It's a hot day. We're in the field. We, it's we, the field. It's the smell of horse. Simon scalded about seven cans of Tesco Lager as well. Yeah, that Tesco two percent stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you need seven of them. Yeah. There we go. Uh, what were we talking about? We're talking about a, a film, film called Last Action Hero. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. You know what I mean? I mean, not that lost. Look at dementia. Two years later, he did True Lies with Jamie Lee Curtis. Is that a good film? No. <laughs> See, everything, this is the thing. I've not seen many Arnie films. I, my, so, my dad is a big, is a massive Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. And he used to watch the Arnold Schwarzenegger films with us when we were kids. But they've all moulded together in my head into like this weird... Like, I can't remember which movie's which. So, there's a good chance I already saw The Last Action Hero. But if I had, I, I forgot all of it. Right, so, the thing is, True Lies was actually a hit and people liked it at the time. Mm. I watch it now and I just think it's a really badly dated film. I think you can it's say actually, that about a lot of 80s and 90s But it's, a, it's actually dated worse than the 80s Arnie films. Like, the 80s Arnie's films are timelessly cheesy. Commando, we talked a little bit about that before we hit record on Robocock. 
And uh, Commando is a film that's just always going to be hilarious. And same with Predator as well, yeah. Predator it's really well. funny. It's funny stuff. What's the what's like the what's the synopsis of True Lies? There's like a hook in there. It's well, like yeah, it's in true, a world where no one can lie or something like that. What is it? True it's Lies like, is where Arnold Schwarzenegger's married to Jamie Lee Curtis, and he's pretending to have a really boring job, and in fact, he is a spy. Oh. And she has an affair to get some excitement in her life, and he's all like. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm pretending to be boring and I did it so well that she ended up having an affair to get some excitement in her life. Has that got the triple-breasted woman in it? That's Total Recall. Oh, wait, Total Recall, True Lies... Oh, okay, they, they don't even sound similar. Okay, well, there you go. That's an example of how these songs have merged together. It's also, yeah, it's an example of... Like, does he, how, does he, is he on the front of a plane in the end of True Lies? Yeah. Is that is, right? His daughter... Who's like a famous actress who's in... I can't remember what films that she's in now. His cutting daughter. Yeah, she kind of has to jump onto the front of a plane that he's flying. That's right, And yeah. it's so far-fetched. But yeah, that daughter's played by someone who's like famous. And I can't remember what she's famous for. So it's just obviously not that famous. <laughs> <laughs> someone else speak. There's one scene in Last Action Hero where it goes into the sending up of tropes. It's quite good. I mean, I'm making excuses for a film I fucking hate now, basically. See, I, I, t- from where I'm sitting, it feels like you're... Uh... Feels like you want to hate it more than you actually do. No, no, I yeah. really hate it. No, no, no. <laughs> Watching the game, you realise you love it. I think oh, you love it. Like your favourite film. See, I because d- I really don't mind it. I I wouldn't probably watch it again, but I don't. I didn't hate it. <laughs> There's a scene where F. Murray Abraham, who's referenced a lot as the guy who killed Mozart, he he's um he's got them like handcuffed up and a gun pointed at Arnie. And he's talking, he's going into the long spiel, and the kid escapes out of the handcuffs and does the whole, you idiot, you did the classic, you know, movie mistake of explaining too much, you know, to, you know, to your captors, thus giving them a chance to escape. But they end up chained up again, yeah. because he, then the kid's explaining too much, a gun comes in from the side of the screen and goes, you're not so smart yourself, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of so, cute. Yeah. So they end up chained up again. And I kind of like the idea of, while you know, I mean, wouldn't it be you know, a better film if while they were chained up, uh, there's an actor called David Hess who played uh, the villain in Last House on the Left, the Wes Craven's film, and he's kind of like a non-famous version of Robert De Niro in a lot of ways in that he kind of squints his face and smokes cigars and does evil things. Like That's that, Ben's you know? dad. Yeah. But it would be funny if David Hess walked into shot... <laughs> While they were chained up. While this kid and Arnold... <laughs> While Arnie and the kid are chained up, if David Hess just walked into shot and didn't say anything, just, you know, had a cigar, and just unzipped uh, and started pissing on them and started showering them in his piss, uh-huh. and the kid says to him, Don't worry, Jack, it won't make the final cut. You know, he's not famous, he's not famous enough for the final cut. And then Robert De Niro comes out and pisses on them a second time. And it's like, well, he's famous enough. <laughs> they might leave this bit in. And Arnie's all like, oh, kid, thanks to you, I got pissed on twice. Why are we going to be pissing on kids? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> if you talk to me for long enough in a field, eventually oh, we're going to get on the subject of, of pissing, pissing on, on kids, children. Yeah, Because yeah. that is a thing that just, you know, comes to mind. That should be the sequel. And also, while we're at it, 
No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. Hold on. Hold on. There's a link here. There's a link here. The next one we're going to be talking about is called The Golden Child. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Charles Dance with the Devil, part two. The art cinema fart cinema team would like to acknowledge that Bridget Wilson is still married to Pete Sampras.